0817 Ian Danter in for Adrian Goldberg. It's the Ultimate Late Show here on TalkSport. Global warming will see billions at war, screamed a headline at me from the front page of uh, one of the papers this morning. Billions of people will go to war, apparently, as they're forced to leave areas that have been made uninhabitable by global warming. This is uh, the words of Lord Nicholas Stern, who uh, received a, a Doctor of Science degree from the University of Brighton and made these claims. Uh, he was the author of the landmark 2006 Stern Review. So is that it? Is that what the next world war is going to be about? Climate change? Let's speak to an environmental consultant who's joined us on the line. Anthony Day is the author of Will Climate Change Your Life? How to Drive a 4x4 and Still Save the Planet. Good evening to you, Anthony. Hello, how are you doing? I'm extremely well. Slight frog in the throat, but I'm sure I'll cope. Um, global warming will see billions at war, as I say. That's the headline that screams at me. What's your view on that when you, when you hear something like that? Well, uh, I think he's probably right. The thing is that one of the major effects of global warming is going to be flooding. Mm. And flooding is going to drive people out of their lands. And when they get to the borders of their countries, uh, other people will want to keep them out. Because certainly, as it's the third world which is likely to be affected most by this, then the people in the poorest countries are going to find there's not enough land to go around, not enough food to go around. And yes, it's going to lead to conflict. You see, I... I, I, I... When you mention water, of course, when, well, the first thing you think about is drinking water. But, of course, flood waters means you've got uh, water actually can affect this from, from both ends of the scale. The, the water we need to survive and the water that, that surrounds us uh, on two-thirds of this planet. Yes, and, of course, a lot of the water in the floods will be seawater. And once that's gone over the land, it's poisoned the land and they can't grow crops and they can't keep livestock. So you're saying that the, the third world is, is the most susceptible. Of course, there, there are floodplains, you know, across the UK. Of course, you know, this isn't a, 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 a this is a, a, a this isn't a landlocked country where there's the, you know the the Norfolk Broads, there's the Thames flood barrier. These are areas that obviously will be under great scrutiny from from, from what you say to me there. I think it'll affect us as well. Yes, uh, in, in due course. Uh, when I say the third world, it's not necessarily the whole of the third world, but mm. one thinks particularly of Bangladesh because that is almost the whole of the country is low-lying, and that will certainly be one of the earliest ones to be affected. Do you, uh, do yes, you regard well, we, the, well, do you regard this as inevitable, then, that, that, the, uh, that we're going to have this uh, climate change causing great rises in temperature? The, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the Lord here, Lord Nicholas Stern, who, who made these comments, reckons that this will be by the end of the century. Yeah, well, I think he's right. Um, he's an economist, after all, and he is simply passing on uh, information which has come from thousands of scientists, notably the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, uh, which was behind the Kyoto Agreement, uh, and many other people. So uh, nobody can put their hand on their heart and say, yes, it's definitely going to happen and say exactly when it will happen. But all the science and all the indications are that it's very, very likely to happen. And we would be foolhardy to say, uh, well, we'll just wait and see. We really ought to be doing things to try and avoid it, to make sure that it doesn't happen. Well, normally I would dismiss a, a story like this when I read it, but when it is by an independent gentleman such as Lord Nicholas Stern, who has no particular axe to grind and isn't working on anybody's behalf particularly, that's the problem with, you know, surveys and, and comments and, mm. and outlandish statements sometimes, Anthony. They tend to be made by people with a vested interest in, in, in making a quick book. However, when it comes from an independent gentleman like this, then we should all sit up and take notice. Yeah, I think so. Right. Uh, but you say that this can be averted. So let, look, let's let's get down to 
you know, brass tacks. How do we start averting uh, what Lord Nicholas Stern is saying is, well, uh, potentially inevitable? Well, when I say avert it, we, we might be able to uh, prevent it getting quite as bad. Mm. We can slow it down. What it comes down to is um, greenhouse gas emissions. And what that means is we've got to cut back on the, the fuel that we use, the, the petrol that we burn, the, co the coal, the gas that we burn, because that puts the greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, which leads to global warming. But that's not a bad idea in any case, because we've got to get used to the fact that all these things, the coal, the gas, the oil, are all beginning to run out. And if we don't actually get used to dealing with less of them, we're going to hit a sudden brick wall when energy becomes horribly expensive and difficult to get. So, you know, from two points of view, for the sake of the climate and also for the sake of preserving our way of life, we've got to look at cutting down our energy consumption radically and very quickly. I took a call on TalkSport the other night, Anthony, from a, from a caller who... Uh, had convinced himself and was trying to convince me that there were coal mines, I think mostly he was talking about American coal mines in this, that were flooding, that where, you know, that there'd been so much mining underground that the, the water table had risen and flooded these mines and that great areas of of the US were, were in fear of collapse because these waters had flooded into the empty coal mines and therefore the uh, the structure of the of the land was extremely susceptible. Well, I haven't heard that one, but I think we all know in certain parts of this country uh, there's a lot of subsidence because of old mine workings, and there is always a danger of that, certainly. Mm. Well, I mean, you, you write, you've written this book, How to Drive a 4x4 and Still Save the Planet, so uh, clearly from, from your point of view, there is a way that we can still live a... Well, some people can live an outlandish lifestyle and still save the planet. Well, actually, if you read the first page, it says the best way to drive a 4x4 and save the planet is to drive it very, very slowly or not at all. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's obvious that people won't change their lifestyles in a hurry. Too, people are, um, too many people are set in their ways, unfortunately, about what car they drive, and uh, they will not be swayed one way or the other. So I would imagine with most people that we're trying to preach to, 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 to turn their heads around, we're going to hit a brick wall. Well, we are to some extent, but I'm very encouraged by the fact that if you want to go out and buy an economical car, you've got a wide range of choice, you know, from the, the new diesels, which are very, very economical, to the, the new hybrids. Mm. Um, if you want to be green, you don't have to just uh, ride around on a bicycle. You can get a car which will have the same performance and the same carrying capacity as, as any traditional car, but which is green and which is economical. So, so there are... There are choices these days. Going back to the original point about the uh, the global warming, uh, may well may well see billions at war. And you mentioned certain areas of uh, of the earth, like let's say, for example, Bangladesh, that may well be uh, a suffer an area that is made to suffer more than most. And of course, the migration out of that country will be huge. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it's it's the menace attached to that that worries people, and, and how these people that they will literally do anything to survive. But of course. The developed nations of the world will, uh, uh, you know, uh, depending on who you believe, and we get plenty of callers here who believe that the, the developed nations in the world, that all they're here to do is oppress the less developed nations. And so, presumably, those well-developed nations would find it quite easy to keep the, the poor man down. Well, I suppose so, but possibly one of the best ways of uh, keeping the, um, the problem under control is to support those third world countries in measures which can actually 
um, deal with the problem. I mean, we may not be able to, well, we almost certainly can't stop the sea level rising, but if we can provide them with money to build dams and dikes and, and, and things like that so that they can actually um, protect some of their land and then they don't need to become refugees, uh, then that destroys the problem, or at least it reduces the problem, uh, before it starts. So I think we've got to share a lot of our wealth uh, with those countries in our interests, because otherwise they will have nothing to do but to, to come and overwhelm us. Has the human race done pretty well to survive as long as it has? Oh, yes. Yes, it has. And if you read some people's books, they think that it won't last much longer. But uh, if you believe that, then you should stay in bed. <laughs> uh, I think we've all got to be optimistic, and there, there will be solutions. Mm. But there's too many people saying, oh, well, technology will find a way. Oh, there will be a solution. Yes, that may be so, but we've actually got to make positive actions to look for the solutions, to recognize the problems, and work towards uh, preserving ourselves on this planet. Anthony, pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Thanks for joining us. Many thanks. Thank you. This is Ian Danter on the Ultimate Late Show, sitting in for Adrian Goldberg. Your reaction to that? 08717 Now, in this week's How Low Reverse Auction, we do have 